welcome everyone to another great episode of the Do Better Dev Show. I am here with your favorite co-host, Nathan. How you doing? Hi there. Hello. I'm doing well. How are you, Gan? Oh, amazing. Just could could not be better, I think. Wow. I'm impressed because, you know what, I couldn't be better either because what would I rather be doing on a Monday evening than, I don't know, talking about whatever we're going to talk about <laughs> after talking for far too long before the show. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm excited for this, you know, because I haven't prepared, you have no context, so this it's will be It's going to be a wild ride. I can't wait. To find, this is, All my questions will be answered now because you sent me the link about the topic. Uh, mm. a while ago and I skimmed it and um, I had no idea what was going on really well you will pay for your insolence <laughs> I knew it <laughs> but we'll just we'll just you know keep it keep it custom keep it relaxed lightweight uh, it, it'll be managed just like the topic we're gonna talk about and it'll yeah, be good sure, yeah yeah okay alright I'm not so worried anymore yeah but before so, we get into that Tell me what something cool, fun, or interesting happened to you. Yeah, dude. So, all right. Him, <clears throat> I made a list. Oh, first off, this one's easy. And I think, I've, yeah, yeah, you have this as well. Android 12. I got it the other day because I have a Pixel, as do you. And yeah. so we get things before, like, Samsung noobs. And it's it was initially, initial impressions, to be fair, right off the bat, I was like, oh, it's slow. The UI feels slow. And... Why can't I open my app drawer? And where did my setting, like some of my settings go? But I th think I'm three or four days in now, and it's fine. I've pretty much adjusted to all of it. I eventually figured out I just need to scroll further up on my screen to open my app drawer, and that was fine. Figured that out. Took longer than it should have until I accidentally did it one time. And I was like, oh, that's what I did. Uh, and I really like the new lock screen. So I'm saying that for sure. The the giant clock, it's all right. I'm okay with that. But when there's notifications, I really like that layout. It's super clean. Uh, looks really nice. So I'm happy about that. And so far, nothing horrible has happened to my phone. So I'm always skeptical in being a software developer ourselves. Uh, initial rollouts are a bit sketch. So I was like, eh, maybe it'll be bad. That's why I never update my Mac the first time it tells me to update it unless I know a security breach recently happened and I should upgrade. But normally, especially if it's like a new major version, I'm like, mm-mm, given that a couple weeks. Whereas this one popped up, do you want to update your Android 12? Marquez, MKBHD, had said, it's pretty good. So I just downloaded it. And it's been pretty good. So that was wow. cool. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> Something that was not cool... I freaking watch Guns Akimbo uh, with my mom. And that movie is bad. It is very bad. Uh, so if you imagine like John Wick with Scott Pilgrim directed horribly, uh, that's essentially what you got. You got like, John Wick, somebody who watched John Wick and Scott Pilgrim and went, what if I put these together with absolutely no taste and wanted to make it feel really cool? Like, I just pictured the whole time when this movie was happening, the guy just who wrote it just being like, oh, it's going to be so sick if they say this. And these, it did two of my big pet peeves, which is it introduced a character and was like, 
this is effing so-and-so. They literally say, they just drop the F-bomb constantly in the movie and it's exhausting and not cool. Like, it doesn't make the movie seem edgy. It's not Tarantino. It's just people swearing for no reason. Anyway, they introduce a character and she's the, initially at least the antagonist that uh, the boy who lived has to try to survive being attacked by. And they show her killing like 30 dudes in a room. And then in the very next scene, all she has to do is shoot uh, Daniel Radcliffe in the head in an concept apartment. And she fails to do so. He's the only person in the room and he's not trying to get away or shoot back. Uh, and I'm like, this totally breaks my suspension of disbelief for the rest of the movie. Because I'm like, is she good at shooting people and killing them or is she not? Because now I don't know what to think. Uh, the, the comedy is just, it's not really there. I think I laughed, I did a piggy laugh once because my mom liked the movie. And I was like, okay, that was kind of funny. I'll laugh, like force, force a laugh, a chuckle. And, uh, and then the other thing is they, t they say stuff you've already figured out and they, they show stuff you've already figured out. So like this movie sucks, so don't watch it. So I'll just tell you, like, this is a spoiler alert, but at one point they play up like he's dead. Like, oh, he just got shot. And then you find out that, oh, he's actually not dead. And this one character comes in and meets up with them. And he's just like, you only had to shoot me one time. Uh, but she shot him a bunch of times to pretend that he was dead. Mm. And then they ex they go back and show the whole process of him like putting on a bulletproof vest that they explicitly called out earlier. And then them making the plan where they will pretend that he was shot and killed and died and then get to this point that we're at now. I'm like, I put those together. You didn't need to show me all the things in between. They, they reference that they planned this, and I see that he's not dead. So I trust that he's probably wearing that bulletproof vest earlier that you showed me. Uh, it was very dumb. And another time, they were like, we need to call the cops. And the bad guy's like, who do you effing think own the effing cops? And I was like, just don't have him say anything. Just have him smirk or cut to the next scene and then show that the cops have been taken over by this bad guy like you don't need him to say that that's not it's not cool it's not interesting so just a bunch of of really just bad script writing along with bad directing and it was very very bad so don't watch guns akimbo even though it sounds promising the premise is like you got harry potter with guns bolted to his hands and he's this vegan pacifist being hunted down and he's trying to survive sounds cool it's not just watch john wick and scott pilgrim instead uh, yeah, I was very worried with that sentence when you started it because I'm like, I love both those movies and I know you do too. Yes. So what what is this? Where is yeah, this going? If, no, if Edgar Wright directed this movie, probably would have been fantastic because mm -hmm. it looked like they were trying to pull in Edgar Wright, but they ended up just pulling like a Suicide Squad. Oh no! And they yeah. just like ruined <laughs> ruined it. Yeah. So so the antagonist girl, she's basically just a a discount Harley Quinn. There's literally parts where she gets, uh, where she's like in interacts with various, she gets in situations where she ends up with cocaine on her face because that's just how things happen apparently. And she like inhales a bunch of it and they make this like level up sound. 
it's essentially the scene from the trailer from Birds of Prey where there's bags of cocaine and it flies up in Harley's face and then her face lights up and she looks all happy. Like, it's basically that except four or five times throughout the movie. So, as I try to say. No, this is not a, I wish this was a movie review show half the time. So the only good thing about Guns Akimbo is the meme that came out of it with Daniel Erickson. Which is very good, yeah. 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 Okay. But uh, the actual movie, not a good time. Uh, I can say this now because I, I told my team I got a new job. Woo. So that's that's pretty cool. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it is cool. We'll find out in a bit. It'll be great but, with a capital G. Sweet. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> so I, I guess. The new Rocket League season has been real good. Uh, some of the best game like matches I've I've seen so far. And I've been watching it now for over a year, I think. Uh, it's really good. It's really good. So, anyway. Despite my favorite team being eliminated and not even competing in the regional, it was still a lot of fun. And last one of cool, interesting, frustrating. I watched, I don't watch this guy's videos very often because they're kind of samey. But Matt Diavella put out a video about the perception of time. And... It's, it's basically about how time feels like it gets faster as we get older. And so it didn't, it's sort of like the investing in happiness video and podcast that I talked about a while ago. It didn't tell me anything new, but it was a good reminder of stuff that I was already aware of. So um, things like novelty and uh, like doing different stuff and making things that, doing things that are memorable as a way of, essentially setting bookmarks tends to make things feel like they last longer, which is why despite like 2020 being the worst year of my life, it feels like I don't have any memory of it because like nothing happened. Uh, so it feels like the year flew past despite the fact that it was a, a miserable slog. So I want to avoid that and, uh, you know, do things that are new and, and interesting more often, which I already knew, but it was a good reminder. And the reason why I'm calling this out specifically is because we're getting towards the end of 2021 and normally going into a year, I'll start thinking about like goals and things for the next year, assessing how my goals went for this year, preparing for next year. But something I want to make sure I do is be conscious of the potential to commit to a bunch of time spent doing non-interesting or novel things because a lot of goals require time. It's so like even for this year, preparing for the AWS course, preparing for the AWS certification, it was a lot of time spent doing the same sort of thing. And it's not, it helped me a lot and I'm glad I did it, but it's not like it's novel in any real way that commits, that makes life feel longer. And so I need to make sure I don't accidentally select uh, like five heavy goals that just see me grinding out the same thing day after day. And then I look back, I'm like, oh, I don't, feel like this year involved anything, despite the fact that you know, I achieved, quote unquote, a bunch of stuff. So something to be conscious of. And my wholesome recommendation, this one, I feel like I've been saying this a lot with my wholesome recommendations, but it's an old one that I love. And it's George Watsky's Cardboard Castle's music video. So the album's called Cardboard Castle, the song is called Cardboard Castles, and the music video for it is adorable. So highly recommend watching that 
and I will be linking it in the show notes. What about you, Gan? Damn. Anything cool, interesting, or frustrating, or just want to <laughs> provide feedback on any of those? Uh, no, nothing cool, interesting, like n nothing crazy. Uh, that was, yeah, somehow we talked a lot right before this and still all those information were new. So that was cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, even Guns Akimbo got so much more context. Um, but yeah, I've just been playing, going through the second Mass Effect. Uh, really enjoying it. I at first got a little overwhelmed with the amount of menu and the options it gives you. It just felt cluttered and crowded. Um, but now that I'm using it more, uh, getting accustomed to it, it seems pretty cool. Uh, the dialogues are much better than the first game, I find, and how the interaction happens and the unlocking of Paragon and Renegade uh, options are a lot easier to do than the first one. So definitely enjoying that and going through a lot more conversational prompts. Um, and I figured out how to skip conversational prompts that I don't want to do. So it moves things a little faster and I'm really enjoying that. Um, I don't know if this is a cool one, I guess, but I watched the, the 007 movie. Uh, it's the end of... Um, yeah, No Time to Die. No Time to Die, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm addicted and hooked to the title track. I I'm a sucker for when Billy Eilish hits like absolutely insane high notes, and I just sit there and I'm like, yeah, this is <laughs> go get it, Billy. Uh, so I'm just listening to those. Uh, but yeah, the movie movie was good. Um, action, a bunch of action, some cheesy jokes, and hot women in the movie. I was like, all right, I I get why people are obsessed with Bond movies. There was a but since I, I've seen enough movies at this point that I know when movies are trying to like make a reference or like pay tribute to the previous ones. Uh, so there were a couple of those and I didn't like, even though I love, love uh, the person whose name now I'm forgetting. Uh, Daniel Craig? No, the, the Mr. Robot guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I don't actually think I know his name. I've heard it, but I've never committed it to memory. Exactly, yeah. It has escaped, but I, I absolutely love him and everything he does, including the the game uh, that I also can't remember the name of now that I saw him in. His, there's an R in R his name. Rami Malek. There we go. Thank you. I knew there was an R. The internet uh, has the answers. Yeah, so Rami Malek, uh, I like him. I did not find him very good in this one because he's trying to like pretend to be this old man. Okay. Uh, and he's not old. He's a very young person, so I don't know. I don't think he sold it very well. Uh, and yeah, generally his dialogues and everything I find very moving, but I was just like, all right, it's not that great of a villain. It's okay. Uh, the evil plan also seemed like just too mumbo-jumbo-y. Uh, so I was like, all right, I guess my favorite Bond series still remains to be Austin Powers, but I still uh, enjoyed it. I, it was good, and I might just go and watch the previous Bond movies now, uh, at least for the for the current one, whatever the Bond just ended. Um, yeah, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, thank you. Yeah, I kept thinking. I saw, yeah. I saw Spectre and Skyfall when they came out, which I think they came out the opposite order, Skyfall and Inspector, and uh, they were bad. But if you liked uh, this, maybe you like those movies. Maybe. I didn't like, I didn't I, like, I didn't like them when I watched them, but I was also, uh, I was going with a friend, and they mm -hmm. wanted to see it. Yeah. So it wasn't like my idea. 
So maybe I was just grumpy about that. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, yeah. Like, it wasn't like I loved it. I probably would not rewatch it. I might rewatch it after I've seen the previous ones, and then I can just like, all right, let's just do it for completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I also went because I went with someone who's obsessed with uh, this this Bond. Uh, she even follows his Instagram uh, on his outfits or something. There's a page dedicated just to his outfits because he's a very stylish person. To each their own, I guess. Uh, I'm sure talking about tech would be boring for her. So, you know, <laughs> whoever likes whatever they're into. Uh, but yeah, I saw that. So that was, I think the good part was just like being in theaters again, buying half price movies on Tuesdays. Uh, having it at sort of as sort of like a little bit more recurring thing because I went two weeks in a row, uh, so I was just like, oh, this could be a thing if I wasn't as frugal as I am, uh, <laughs> or if the movie is worth it. You know, I'll pay, I, I'm thinking I'm going for the du- for Dune and some other ones, um, but uh, but yeah, and then the other cool thing is my roommate moved out, so now I I'm alone for a little while. Really enjoying the freedom. I I don't close my doors when I'm taking meetings. I have my phone playing music. I'm walking around. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I I definitely uh, enjoy being, I guess, loud. But I'm like too considerate for other people, so I just never do it. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it's fun. It's like parents aren't home, and I get to be. I get to be on the couch and put the TV on like four volume levels more than normal. Uh, <laughs> you rebel. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and I'm getting a new roommate, which should be really cool and fun too. We'll see. Yeah. He's uh, going to ruin all of this noise, <laughs> noise having time. Yeah. But I mean, it's good in smaller chunks. I'm, I'm, I don't think I would want to, be like completely alone in a two-bedroom apartment uh long periods of time (laughs) i didn't enjoy that in my one bedroom either for long periods i just the only reason i was very happy living alone was because i lived right downtown and friends would crash at my place constantly instead of taking the bus or drive back home after a party night which came much later as a realization i just always thought i was like yeah i love living alone until i'm left alone for too long and i'm like this is not good I should not be alone with my thoughts. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, in after the little 15 days or maybe 20, 25 days of isolation, I would probably very much welcome uh, a roommate because I kind of sort of like this guy. So, we'll see. We'll see. But if you don't live alone, how are you going to have the Sunday afternoon existential crisis that I've had, or that I should say I had uh, the first one to three years living in this room. <laughs> I I already had enough of it. Uh, Victoria <laughs> gave me tons of them. And here, I still get those occasionally. And mm. then I talk to you about them. So this this way, we can just talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or we go to record a podcast, and you do, you feel great, and then I give you an existential crisis. Yeah, whatever works, too. right? That's, that's how it do be that way sometimes. It do be that way. Uh so do you have any other things in your list or is it just nope that was that was it that's the big big highlights dang well i need to get the big highlights on what this new aws feature service service uh yeah it's a whole new product basically 
Uh, I am very excited. I guess it's a product on an existing service because RDS is already a service. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited because I can finally talk about this now that it's public and I'm part of the team. Uh, although I guess I have to do the whole disclaimer thing of anything I talk about in this episode regarding this are all my personal opinions and in no way reflect Amazon or anything of that sort of sorts. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll include a link to it and you can get all the publicly available information at that link. So if you want to hear it from Amazon directly, that's where you can go. Exactly, yeah. And if you need any of the background information that's not public, subscribe to my OnlyFans, uh, <laughs> which I will create if you guys are willing to pay. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I'm broke. Uh, anyways, uh, let's, hey, my checking account is pretty drained. Uh, anyways, let's talk about RDS Custom. It's awesome. It's custom and it's RDS. So I'll, I'll start with a little overview of what RDS is. So RDS is the relational database service offering by Amazon Web Services. Um, the way it works is you go to them, you say, this is the type of database I want, Postgres, MySQL, Aurora, Oracle, whatever. And you say, I will pay this much for this type of machine and please give me it. And then Amazon will go do some magic on their end and come back to you and say, this is the URL, this is the password and username, go crazy, go nuts. We'll manage everything. We'll manage the configuration of the server, the database cleanups, the backups, the snapshots, hardware management, anything you want, anything you could think. Uh, and so you don't have to hire DBA or, or DevOps peoples and we'll just do all the scaling so long you shut up and pay us for whatever we ask you for. Um, the shutting up is also important. Yeah, not it, is, it is. It uh, is. Unless, of course, you are like, you know, it's you. You open one support ticket, and I see it from behind the scenes how escalated everything gets. Like they don't care about they. They don't kid about customer obsession. That is, it's insane. Like any customer out like feedback that comes from the outside. It's not just the whatever technical team we have or the support team we have gets alerted with it. Devs get alerted directly. They don't even have to be like directly involved with the customer, but everybody gets alerted on, hey, customers are facing a problem. Fix this right now. Uh, so customer obsession is no kidding on that end. <laughs> uh, I was on call once and it was a frightening experience. Uh, hopefully it gets less scary over time. Um, but yeah, but anyways, th so that's what RDS does. It is a fully managed database service uh, with all the metrics, anything you need. And uh, I work on the Oracle side of things where they have two models. They have a bring your own license version where you provide your own license key and they will still manage all the scalability and everything for you. Or you tell Amazon, say, hey, just get, get a license for me it's slightly more expensive than if you were to negotiate and bring your own license. Uh, it'll be whatever the market price is or whatever Amazon secured, I guess, as partnership. And uh, yeah, you get to then have a fully running Oracle cloud server database thing. And it's awesome. It's great. Unless you want to edit the .ora file or change anything about the database that's being hosted on a server-side configuration, you can't. You can change your databases, you can add, delete tables, indexes, do whatever from a higher level. But anytime you want to get in the nitty gritty, 
it's not good. It's it won't let you do it because Amazon manages all on the background on RDS. And then you have the other side to that where it's EC2. EC2 is basically we'll give you a bare metal or shared hard shared computer resources. You do everything. We we don't do we don't ch touch it. We don't even do backups. You can make snapshots of your drives. You can do whatever. We'll just make sure if there's you know hardware failures or server maintenance, we take care of it. But uh, you guys do everything. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like your data will just stick around. Uh, you need to carry. You need to deal with the high availability yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Figure yeah. out your high availability. Figure out your load balancers. Figure out which EBS volume is attached to which place and is storing what information and mount and mount them at your own will and risk. Uh, we don't care. We've just given you all the resources. That's why it's cheap. And uh, you, it, EC2 is basically will give you whatever you ask for, but you have to handle it. Um, so now comes RDS Custom. RDS was like, hey, we, we do all this great stuff, but people want a little bit more control. And we also have EC2 that gives all the control. So maybe we can find a middle ground. And that's essentially what RDS custom is. So you go to RDS, you start up a new database. And instead of choosing RDS, whatever normal, uh, so far it's only supported for Oracle, but insider information, other databases are coming. That's all I can say at the Liberty, I think. Uh, but of course, you would expect others to come as well. So it's not anything, you know, great or whatever. But uh, anyways, so that's what RDS Custom is. So what it allows you to do is you select everything. But the EC2 instance that's running the actual database gets hosted in your account. It's not some sort of magic hidden away in behind AWS servers. In your account, you will see EC2 machines or fleet of them depending on what configuration you set up, that is managed fully by AWS. They will take the backups, they will do snapshots, they will do whatever restoration, uh, but they will also respect any changes you make to the configuration files because the actual database binary is now running on your servers. So it's a little cheaper than RDS because you're now paying for the EC2 instead of Amazon paying for it. Uh, but you get the ultimate flexibility of doing whatever you want to your database. Uh, it won't even stop you. We, there's checks where if you make a change that's not compatible with how Amazon custom should be managing it, they'll just throw a warning on there. They'll say, your database has gone into incompatible state because of this setting that you changed. Please either fix it or don't expect support from us. They have a nicer language around it, but that's what essentially it is. Okay, so this answers my primary question from the original link you sent me of like, but how? How does this, they basically just have to have a, like you said, a DBA or someone just sitting there looking at your account. But if they have some, you know, constraints around what you can customize, then sure, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, so for, yeah, for most server level settings, uh, it has that, it has the whole fallback, rollback deployments and everything built in. So if you do make a change that is now repeatedly crashing your database, uh, it'll alert you. It'll say, hey, uh, the change you made was bad and now your database is in a bad state. Please take care of it. Uh, and if you don't know what you did or if you're scared, 
anytime you make changes like that, it does a snapshot. So you can just snapshot restore and your database will be back where it was in an ideally healthy state. And it's, yeah, it's got a whole bunch of like really smart um, monitoring and checks that it does. And we like had to be extremely careful on how much access we get on the machine because these are customers' resources. So realistically, we have no control until the customer explicitly goes into their IAM and gives it to us. The only thing we have control over is the metrics. Even that is sent only for specific things uh, over to this other service we have that's also runs on the customer account, which just monitors constantly and says, oh, okay, your database is good or bad. Um, so as a customer, you don't have to worry about Amazon looking at any of that uh, because it's still all in your own account. So how does how does that work then? If you need, or if Amazon needs an IAM role to access anything other than metrics, how is it possible to do managed updates? Oh, so the way the way it works is there's multiple layers. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know if it's super public. I'm sure most of this is, is public, but I'll just touch it on a higher level. Yeah, uh, conceptually is, is going to be fine. Yeah, conceptually, the way it's dis distinguished is you have your, um, or actually, yeah, this is, this is probably what covers the most of the answers. So there's this thing called a custom engine version, a CEV that you have to create when you do RDS custom. Uh, and then your custom engine version stays in your own S3 bucket. But mm -hmm. before you can upload it to the S3 bucket, you have to get it. You sort of like upload it. Our service validates it because you give access to the S3 object to this whatever account we have for checking. And then they're like, okay, this is good. Uh, so if any new updates have come, if it's, like, it's AMI-related updates on the core Linux, then it'll just come through EC2. It'll be like your normal regular updates where the Linux will say, hey, you should probably upgrade. So then RDS doesn't do anything on that. Then there are customer upgrades where Oracle has released some patch or custom versioning they did, and these people are using their own custom version. So Oracle will give them this little binary. They will upload it as a custom engine version onto S3 and then the service checks, validates that it's good. And then the, the instance that's running on the customer's account can fetch it and then deploy it. So any, anything that comes from the Oracle side, because all of these are custom instances and people are running their own, they, are, they have the more responsibility of getting that information and uploading it to S3. And then RDS checks to make sure everything looks good then does the deploy or rolls back if it's not a good deploy and then alerts you for why it's not. I see. So RDS is more just like a, a client of sorts running on the instance. Pretty much, yeah. So the responsibility is now shared. So now the only the thing that's with custom that RDS is doing fully is the server maintenance. So the actual EC2 instance, everything behind it that's managed by the EC2 team. The, anything to do with the application itself, the application optimization of changing the server configs or whatever, that's full customer responsibility now. They take care of it. We, we launch them with a default file or based on their custom engine version parameters, we release a custom one. Um, and then anything to do with like 
scaling, they have to set the configuration and then Amazon does execute it and make sure it up, like scales up and down like you would do with a load balancer on EC2. Uh, database backups are also shared. You select your occurrence or whatever, they make sure they take the backups at the predetermined time and everything. As opposed to RDS that was like backed up pretty much constantly all the time, custom, mm -hmm. it's a shared responsibility. So you have to give them permission and then tell them because now you're basically like making EC2 snapshots in the customer account. Uh, and you have to make sure you don't you know, go overboard. And if you are, you customer knows about it because they'll have to pay for all that stuff now. Uh, right, so I think what you said there was the customer gives permission for RDS to create that backup? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, that was so the part that was unclear to me was how is RDS able to do anything if it doesn't have permission, but you just have to explicitly give it permission. Yeah, and when you when you are creating all these instances, those little binaries and agents running on the machines are able to do all of that in the customer's account, uh, but they have to allow and grant those, and it's part of the IAM policy when you are like creating the instance. It's like the terms and conditions box for most things. Uh, Amazon will be like, here are the permissions we need, this is the policy, uh, so when you are creating the instance, you would probably need to like, even when you're creating EC2 instances, you always go through the next, next, create a default IAM role, create, done, right? Uh, so it's the same thing, but now it's more obvious because it is living in the customer space. And if they really wanted, they could just block RDS out and say, oh, you can't touch our backups. I don't know why that would be a smart move, but they can do that now. That's the whole thing with custom. You have full control, but a shared responsibility. Because with great power comes great responsibility, as a dead uncle said. Mm -hmm. uh, he said it before he died. That's be true. That's yes, yes. For uh, those listening at home. In many movies, in different ways. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, even, even, yeah, even OS. So, you know, cause if Amazon was running all these Linux boxes, hosting the databases, a new version of AMI came out addressing some vulnerability. We would just patch it on our end, make sure all the servers are good. Now, when this happens, EC2 is running on the customer's end. And now we just have to be like, Hey, can you like, please update your army? Uh, because it needs the, it needs the latest Linux patch because of this vulnerability. Uh, so just whoever's using it, it's basically made for control, but you have to be respectful of that control. Right. So it's kind of, it's basically, you've just got uh, like guardrails and prompts along the way. So it's just like, you should do this. It's like, you don't know how, but you shouldn't have chose custom. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, they'll, they'll provide support, of course. <laughs> and there's with all those things where it's like, hey, this is incompatible, but this is how you can address it because, you know, customer obsession. Uh, but, but yeah, it's very much because we don't, we have like no access to customer accounts. We don't get anything unless they open up a ticket and then that gets opened as like a high severity item and like seven people are looking over your shoulder while you're like doing anything. Because, uh, you know, it's customer account, you have to be very vigilant. Uh, so now because of that, the responsibility is shared, but it's really mostly on the customer because they wanted something custom. They want full control and we will help as much as we can or RDS will uh, because I don't represent RDS on this podcast. Uh, 
I'm sure they will help, uh, but they their hands are very tight. So be like patient and careful and just like coordinate with them because it's no longer you guys are running all of this. No, it's in your AWS space. And as much as you think everybody at AWS is probably able to access it, they're not. We can't even touch most of our own production accounts without like getting some sort of really like L8, L7 approval. Uh, and these are accounts like I created. I created these service accounts. I deployed services in them and I can't access admin role on them. Once it's gone and deployed, it might have customer data. It has high impact business services running. I have to get permission and like have to create, open this ticket, go through a whole process just to like look into the account and be like, oh, did my CloudFormation template execute successfully? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so yes, yeah. Customers are very much, you know, they have the whole responsibility, so that also means debugging and everything would be a little harder. Uh, so be careful, be careful unless you know what you're doing, especially since this is just Oracle right now, and Oracle is no, it's not Postgres, you know, it's not friendly. Uh, it it's it does what it wants. Yeah. Yeah. Who could, who would hate an elephant? Postgres is an elephant, right? I'm not thinking of Mongo. I'm pretty sure Mongo is not an elephant. Mongo is a leaf. Cool. So yeah, Postgres, the elephant. I think so. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. So other than conceptually being between full do-it-yourself and fully managed, is was if you're even allowed to say this, was there like, or do you think of anyone who it would make sense for to have custom? Um, yeah, I mean, when I was a shiny new DevOps person. Uh, there were <laughs> before you became Matt. <laughs> before, yeah. Uh, exactly. Glossy finished yeah. <laughs> almost, almost there. Slightly dusty. Uh, <laughs> I, I really wanted this, and I'm very excited to see that at least it's a direction, right? So if it is doing Oracle now, it's only a matter of time before it's if the you know if the product is a success. It'll be whatever MySQL, Aurora, Postgres, everything would be coming up next. Uh, and uh, I would really like, I would have really liked that. So if I was an enterprise DBA who's also doing DevOps, maybe I don't want to deal with any of the hardware stuff because my IT team is really annoying and they complain every time I like request another terabyte of storage and data is everything these days. So. Maybe if you're just, you know, a knowledge worker who's like, I know how to manage databases really well, but I don't want to have to deal with any of the hardware side of the nonsense. This is perfect. Go to the SaaS offering, put in your configuration on how you want your database to be perfectly optimized in the configuration, and never worry about what the hardware looks like. If anything, you'll probably see your company a bunch of money and all the IT guys will hate you because you've just replaced their jobs with the cloud service. I was not sure what to expect for an answer and I'm shocked because that makes a ton of sense. Uh, <laughs> it was like the easiest, most obvious answer, but it, it makes a ton of sense. Yes. So I was going for Cool. Got well, well done. It's almost like you've been thinking about this sort of thing for months. I know it was, I, so when I was interviewing for the team, they didn't even tell me what, what, what the team does work or does things on. They were just like, 
it's a new Greenfield project. And I was like, all right, is this because it's not public and you can't tell me anything about it? And they're like, yes. Uh, <laughs> and when I joined the team and they were telling me about it, I'm like, this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted like three years ago. And I'm like, is this happening for everything? They're like, no, no, just just Oracle right now because there's a there's demand for it. Uh, and, you know, people who use Oracle generally have money. Uh, so... <laughs> So it's a good good field to test out all the scaling and the uh, challenges for it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why Oracle was chosen as the first one. Whatever, I'm sure they made the decision. I, from what I hear, it's been in development for a couple of years now. Uh, so literally just went live. Uh, yeah, so I look forward to other databases coming out because I, I would really enjoy doing that. Because then it's also like sort of assisted, right? Like let's say... I am fresh out of school. I really like messing around with databases. I made some configuration change and then AWS tells me saying, hey, we know you made this change, but given the type of database or whatever you have, this is not the smartest move. I wouldn't have known that until database went down if I was running it on EC2 bare metal myself. So just having that sort of reassurance would also have been really cool with the metrics and everything uh, telling me why the life cycles aren't as good or if something's crashing. Yeah, that was what I was getting at with having prompts and guardrails. It's, you get that information before you fly off the road, before your database is just constantly crashing. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's like, there's levels of checks. Like every time you upload a new custom engine version, it does a full check. And then if something is wrong, because uh, it'll also do a test by like try to spin up a database with the new engine version. If something starts crashing, it'll come back and say, hey, this was bad. Stop stop doing whatever you just did. Or, <laughs> you know, maybe your current configuration doesn't allow for that. Maybe the new patch, your, your database is running in 99% memory usage. The new patch makes it use a little bit more memory, and now the database won't start up. Uh, and just, just little things like that. Um, where you would have had zero control over it before. Now you do. And now you can figure out things like that going wrong before they like take down your production servers down. Cool. Yeah. I like it. I think it's funny that before the show you were like, I have, I have no notes. And I was like, well, dude, it's your job. You'll be fine. <laughs> and you were, you're great. It's, uh, it's much clearer now than when I tried to read the webpage. Yeah, and by yeah. Read, I mean, skim. Skimmed it. I scrolled. I scrolled over it. <laughs> I went to Amazon.ca. <laughs> it's crazy what we can do with computers these days. Do you have anything else to uh, touch on here? No, I'm just like, like quickly, quickly looking through the page just to see if there's anything I missed. Uh, oh yeah, so since we went live, it's not in every single AWS region as with every AWS service, it gets launched in a handful of services first, uh, but it's in nine regions. That's like already one of the bigger launches RDS has done. So there's a very good chance, whoever you are, uh, your country or has access because somehow our listener listeners are a little spread out than just being North America as we had thought. Uh, so yeah, so it's in U.S. like it's in North Virginia, Ohio, Oregon. Oregon gets everything always, and North, so does North Virginia. So it's not even a problem. Ireland, Stockholm. Oh, oh apparently Singapore, Sydney, and Tokyo, and uh, Frankfurt. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was personally involved in deploying it to Frankfurt. So if it does go wrong, I apologize very much. <laughs> 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 I pretty much deployed most of it <laughs> near the All end. Right. Well, there uh, you go. A couple of handful features. I'm sure other people did most of the work. But yeah, there was near crunch time. I did a lot of work on Frankfurt, which was very confusing because we refer to it as FRA. And I just kept thinking it's France. And so many people would just like out of habit say France. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's no data center in France. Uh, they would not want it. <laughs> Don't bring your machines into our beautiful city. Country. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Everything else, you know, uh, because it's hosted for you, monitoring, logging, CloudFront, sorry, not CloudFront, CloudTrail has all that. And um, every, all of it, all of it is in your control. Go crazy, go nuts, you know, enjoy while it lasts. Uh, or I guess it'll last forever because it's AWS. And nice before and you know it, there will be like another way of doing the same thing. Uh, but uh, but I, I was very excited. I was very happy about this product. I'm happy it went live, and I really look forward to other databases adopting it. Cool. So now that we know what Amazon has been doing better, can mm. what about you? What have you been doing better? Uh, is there a different? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I am Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Takes off masks. I'm Jeff Fee. Uh, <laughs> uh, please don't hurt me. Um, all right. Uh, on did better. Um, I've been actually really enjoying my journaling habit now. Uh, so I've like sort of broken down how I want to write stuff down in different areas. Because uh, I, I don't know, I have too many thoughts that more than I would like. And so I, I'm still figuring out the most optimum way of writing them down so that they don't stay in my head um, because that's where bad things happen. Uh, so I've started doing this thing where I overarching ideas goes on the whiteboard or things that I don't really care about. And then my daily journaling is only now that I'm going to the gym like four days a week. Uh, I at least journal on those four days because I've attached it to my pre-workout stretching. Uh, and that's been very effective. The moment I start stretching, the little reminder app pops up on my phone being like, hey, you want to like note down your thoughts? I was like, yes, yes, I do. Um, so the way I've been doing it now um, is I used to do this where I would try to do them at the end of the day for how I felt, how everything was, or I would try to do it in the morning on, okay, let's think about what we're going to do today. And neither one of those were, those were effective. Somehow I reflect better after a night's of sleep. So now I reflect on the previous day when I'm writing next day. Uh, so I'll go to the gym, stretch, think about what happened yesterday, how I felt, what, what things happened, what I was happy and grateful for and all that. And then for the day, I just write three things. Now I'm just like, all right, this is how I want to feel today. This is roughly what I want to get done. And then this is what I hope to feel like by the end or something. So I have like somehow three segments that I'm breaking it in uh, and it's sort of loose and I like it that way. 
So I've been doing that pretty consistently for about two weeks now. So I'm pretty happy about that. I think I'm going to continue it because it's been useful. Um, I, yeah, I helped my previous roommate move. Um, that was kind of fun, sort of rushed, uh, but it was very wholesome too, honestly. Like, because the, the dude's been living here for a year while his fiance and like pretty much the whole life he established in San Francisco was just there. Uh, so there was this nice little glow and like excitement because you generally don't see him all. Uh, he's like somehow most people I like or be around with just are emotionless hucks. Uh, so that's how he looked like uh, most of the time. But at the end, he was just like, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I was like, oh, that's good. That's cool, man. I'm happy for you. Uh, so yeah, he's, he was leaving, so helped him out a little bit, so I felt good about that. And, uh, yeah, nothing else. I did better, and I think I started adding a little bit more running to my gym routine. And, I don't know, don't like it. I don't know why I'm doing it. I think I should, I think I feel like I need more stamina, uh, because I'm not biking as much now that Ventures are here. Uh, but I just don't like treadmills. I just... If I could just sit and have something just move my legs for me, uh, so that it somehow like creates the cardio effect. Like I, I have no problems with the lung strain or the leg muscles. It just, it's just very boring running. There's like nothing to do. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I not, agree. Yeah. Like I, I prefer rowing. Rowing is still much better. Uh, but I usually do it by the end of my workouts. And I've done enough like back workouts or something that most of the times it's not as fun. Uh, and the days I don't tra train back, I'm still tired because my arms are now tired from the other workout. Um, so yeah, so rowing is slightly less fun. Uh, but cardio on just treadmills is not fun at all. Have you considered starting with rowing as a warm-up? No, and that would, no. I, I watched this Athlenex video that just said cardio is killing oh, your gains. Oh, killing your gains, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, there, he, I saw a, a thumbnail pop up on my on my homepage the other day. It made me think of you because it was Athlenex, <laughs> and it was like the worst exercises <laughs> for your chest. And it's just like him doing an incline dumbbell bench, and it's like the worst with a big X or something. I was like, it's literally my favorite chest exercise is incline dumbbell bench. It's, it's so good. But yeah, whatever. but mo if you actually watch his video, he'll just be like, incline bench is actually a perfect exercise, but this is killing your gain if you're doing it in the wrong form. And it's like, yeah. Right. <laughs> so he's, most of his videos of this is what's killing your gains is you're doing it with a bad form, my dude. This is the correct form. Yes. That's why he has a lot of subscribers and, you know, he does impart some good wisdom. It's just his, all his thumbnails are nonsense. Yeah, they're, they're really bad. <laughs> I've, I've only watched a couple of his videos and it's been years, but I remember the content not being as bad as I expected from the thumbnails, but I'm not clicking on his stuff at this at point. At this point, just stop judging things by thumbnails. Screen P rant. Exactly. That's what I was going to yeah. yeah. Pitch meetings. I didn't click on them for <laughs> so long and they're so good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was it. Uh, I guess, yeah, also the continuing to do better that I also sort of did better on. I've sort of increased my socialization now because 
Winters are here. I can't go hike mountains on the weekends anymore because I hate, hate winter hiking. Uh, snow gets in everywhere. It's just cold. You get on top and everything's just either foggy or covered in snow again. I'm like, none, none, of, none of this was fun. I didn't even sweat. I sweat under my jacket and it just feels gross now. There's no wind. And if it's windy, I hate it because it's cold and windy. <laughs> uh, so I'm not a happy camper when it comes to ventures. Uh, so I need friends and I need socialization and I need to, you know, just be in a good vibes hashtag mood overall. So, yeah, I'm trying to make a more active effort to see my friends a little bit more. Uh, we might start up another some sort of either board games or D&D or some group. I'm going to wait till my my new cool roommate comes here and then see if he would want to do something like that with my friends. Because uh, that would be cool. And... Uh, yeah, mostly just focusing right now on socializing and doing some work. Uh, I've let myself completely, besides my morning routine, I'm just like having no routine in my life until I have, uh, I go back into a routine, which again will start happening once my new roommate comes and then I see that he is so disciplined that I feel ashamed constantly and then I'll like do things better. <laughs> I was gonna say you just gave her a recursive definition. You're like, this will be. I will be without a routine until I am back in a routine. <laughs> so, hold the phone. That's... Exactly. <laughs> My routine currently is to not be in a routine, mm. and that'll change into a productive routine once I'm like, ah, oh, this guy again being like so good with his discipline and commitments. <laughs> Fuck, I should do something better. Uh, heck, yeah. uh, it's late, fine. Yeah. PG thirteen. You get one. One per movie, so we're okay. okay. What about you? What have you been doing better what on? What about me, indeed? So uh, I visited my family for two weeks. That was my, in the last time we recorded, that was my one do better that I committed to mm. was, I knew I was obviously, it's not like I was going to miss my flight and just not go, but just like be a good family member because Two weeks of family with no gym and living in the middle of nowhere in Ontario uh, can be miserable. And sometimes that can make you not super fun to be around. So I was like, all right, let's just uh, be a, a good person while I'm there. And uh, I did, I think. Um, considering, yeah, it was very, very boring overall. I think, <laughs> I think I did all right. So I was happy with that. I feel like it was a successful did better. And sort of on that theme, a do better coming up is to be a good host for my sister when she comes to visit uh, this week. Uh, just hope, fingers crossed, that the weather's not too rainy. Even today, when it was on paper at least raining all day, it's drizzling. Like it barely rains in Victoria when it does rain. It's a very light rain, tends to be scattered. So hopefully, it'll be fine. Uh, show her around town uh try to point out some cool stuff and see why tell her why she should move to bc i i have a friend who needs a new roommate so i need to prepare to move nice <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah so i get to prepare to move for that uh so i can figure out what to sell what to keep what to donate all that sort of things and i don't have that much stuff so it won't take very long but sort of get that cataloged because when i was before I took the trip to visit my family, it wasn't confirmed whether or not I'd be moving. So I hadn't actually done that, but I need to get it down. And then over the next two weeks or so, uh, 
do those things. That wow. Once I, sort, once I sort them into the categories, I need to actually apply those categories. Uh, so stage and then commit, I guess. And off and on, I've been doing a little bit of a Kubernetes course, and I got back into the developer, AWS developer course while I was in Ontario. Uh, it was a good time because I needed to do something. And it's been fun because it's really heavy now at this point into the uh, CI, CD stuff. So it's a lot about um, code deploy and wiring that up and cloud formation templates and the things I actually find interesting instead of just trivia about the AWS services, which was a lot of the solutions architect stuff. Uh, so this has been fun. Even the first third, I'd say, of this course was a lot of the same trivia stuff that you just like baseline need to know. And that's really hard to stay focused on. But when it's like, all right, let's set up a code deploy pipeline, integrate it with, show you how to integrate it with um, code build and all their other CI tools. But also, here's the dropdown if you wanted to hook it up with GitHub and you would just provide your, um, your repo here and it would listen for changes. So anyway, I find CICD stuff fascinating and fun, even though there's not, it's not something I spend a lot of time doing because usually it's already set up by the ops team or the DevOps guy on my team. <laughs> and then there's nothing else to do once it's set up for the most part. So uh, I still love it. I like the idea of infrastructure as code. I like the idea of CICD, all that stuff. Really big fan, so that's been fun. So do a little bit of that, though I don't have any specific goal with it. It's just something to sort of keep on top of. And I think it'll help get me in the right mindset for my new job, which I start in a few weeks. I Related to the Matt Diavella recommendation video thing, I, re I referenced at the beginning of the episode, just brainstorm some more ideas or review my list of ongoing, uh, always updating, things that I can do to keep life interesting and novel. Uh, relocating is gonna help with that, I'm hoping. And this is a this one's a bit of a cheat, but I already booked a haircut and I just need to go to that and then I'll have, I'll have better hair. So that'll be better. Wow. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't know, I, I feel like relo relocating is just all downhill from there. It's, uh, I so didn't say it would get be that better. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it would be a better life. It would just be a different one. Change of uh, scenery is how I was pitching it to my family. I was like, yeah, I'm just looking for a change of scenery. They're like, I thought you, I thought you liked your place. I was like, I love my place. If I could just take my my room and move it to a quiet place in town, that'd be fine. But it's exhausting as any, not this episode so far, but right before we're recording, emergency vehicles going by. Anyone who's watched any of my YouTube videos <laughs> or listened to pretty much any of these episodes has just heard tons of noise. It's a noisy place. And uh, yeah, I've been here for almost five years. It's time to see something different. So let's see see what the mainland is like. It's pretty main. Is it? It's got mainland? better ice cream. It just doesn't have chocolate favori, but it's got everything else. All right. Better. Well, I know it has at least one good Indian buffet because we went there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.